so far lots of press to do today yeah kind of a lot but good just you know good conversations glad to hear that you are a favorite in this household uh Uh, the wife and i love carmen the nicest character on cobra kai i would say by far the one character you kind of root for that never lies once would you say yeah, doesn't lie. I mean, the only one she loses her cool with is Johnny, but that's deserve it. So, <laughs> so it's fine. And people follow you on Instagram, see some great photos of you and William Zapka. Before I ask about that, does anyone on the set ever call him Billy or is Billy dead and he's William always? No, it's more Billy actually. Really? Yeah, yeah. So, so he's like a Debbie Gibson becoming a Deborah Gibson, but back to Debbie Gibson. If you'd like to see it that way, sure. I was a big Debbie Gibson fan when I was here. exactly. I'm I'm dialing in from Long Island. I know you're originally from Jersey. Where in Jersey are you from? Uh, I grew up in Lodi, New Jersey. Oh it's yeah, you were in Glenn Danzig both. Who? Glenn Danzig. He was a, a punk metal singer from the band The Misfits. Yes. I always say to people, I'm like, it's where the misfits are from when people don't know. There you go. Well, that confirmed that one. (laughs) But it's great to see you in season three. That's great work you did. You really got to shine and show some more depth to the character. Is the script that we see, or rather the performance we see in Cobra Kai, an exact match of the script, or is there every improv uh, added in? Um, Thank you, first. And... Yeah, it's mostly, mostly sticks to the script. Um, there is a little wiggle room with improv. Some, some improv makes it on there, uh, but not too much. Got it. When you got the script for the first time and we were watching it, of course, when it's, it was a Google series, you know, you have to have that OG kind of badge. Did you know the show was that good? I know at first you're like, as an actor, it's a job. It's steady work. But did you know it was that good when you first read it? Uh, when I first read it, no, honestly, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, I think at the end of season one, I was like, oh, this is going to be really good. When, when uh, we did the, the tournament scene at the end of season one, because that was mostly when a lot of the cast was together uh, in one room. And then also the stun people were just like flipping in the air and doing all this crazy stuff. And it was all kind of coming together in my mind, at least. And I was like, oh, this is going to be good. And then, you know, you're not really sure until you see it. And then once I saw it, I was like, that's great. The tone is so, so spot on and I think hard to recreate. And they managed to do it. And it's good. So I've interviewed Gianni before, who plays Dimitri on the show. And one thing I was trying to figure out is it's such a big cast because you go, well, here are the teens in that dojo. Here are the teens in that dojo. There's the LaRusso stuff. There's the Johnny stuff that's at your apartment. So it, I couldn't figure out if everyone actually has met each other and knows each other, or it's kind of like they're filming three separate units. Um, well, yeah, it is pretty separate. Like, you know, like, uh, but we do get to know each other as actors. 
behind the scenes, but even though we don't have a lot of scenes together, like I've never had any scenes with uh, Crease's character, but I've oh. met Marty, of course. And so that's nice. Of course, it's like, you know, filming happens so quickly that sometimes time is limited. So you get to kind of know, or yeah, know more of the actor via like social media, just like anybody else, you know? And Gianni, oh my God, he's very sweet. And I like adore his character. He always makes me laugh. You just so. said something that blew my mind. You actually haven't had one scene with Crease. Yeah. Did, I think that leads some room to season four and season five about possibilities right there. Do the writers know that? Or did you just think about that right now this second? I just thought about it right now this second. Um, I have not seen any season four scripts, so I have no idea where they're gonna take my character, but my gosh, I think if there's one character that you know Carmen could really not like, it would be Crease. Of course, he yeah. is so unlikable, yet when you hear an interview with Martin, I'm not gonna call him Marty, cause you know, uh, just like when I interviewed Billy William, I, you know, I'm not gonna break the formality at all that, but. Uh, he is so accomplished and methodical with his acting and he's just so good at the the villain kind of role. Is there a lot of Carmen in you as an everyday person? Um, I think so. I, I can definitely identify with many of the circumstances. And I, I always like, me personally, I, I feel like it's an homage to my mother. You know, um, I'm first generation Colombian American. So my mother was basically um then the immigrant to this country raising a, a family but you know with my dad of course but i got to learn a lot from my mother in that sense of how to raise a family how to be dedicated you know and still with a lot of heart and also the the neighborly aspect my mother was always very friendly with neighbors and you know we remain very good friends with a family we grew up next to so i learned that from my mother which i think is kind of like um, a dying art almost. Sure. You know, the, that neighborly aspect, that community aspect that um, has come to life, you know, in a really beautiful way written into it for, for Johnny because say we have like Daniel's family, but we don't really have like Johnny's family, you know, it's more fragmented. So that community around where he lives is basically his family. And when uh, people got hired to the show, there's the whole thing that seems like everybody got, you got the call from Ralph, hey, you're on the show. Did you get that infamous call from Ralph? I didn't. What? Okay, next Ralph, topic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm curious about this because you find out more and more this is the case that when somebody gets cast and they're going to be cast along a sibling or somebody's playing a kid or something like that they have like a vibe kind of coffee date did you and Sholo have anything like that we didn't but I feel like it's kind of funny like when I saw Sholo I was like oh yeah we do kind of look similar in a weird way <laughs> so I was like that works uh but Sholo is just you know, I don't know if you've interviewed him yet, but he's so lovable. Um, and he's just always telling the funniest stories on set and making me laugh. He's, he's really lovely. Cobra Kai aside, uh, I mean, hey, one acclaimed cool series is enough for most people. Are there any other projects or causes or things that you're working on at the moment that you can talk about? 
Yeah, another show that I have a few episodes on, uh, Bonding on Netflix, uh, tells kind of a humorous tale of a dominatrix in New York City. And we got to film that right before shutdown in, in New York last year, so January 2020. Um, so I'm really looking forward to seeing that. I really like the character that I played in that uh, season two, which is going to come out in January 27th. Um, I really like that character. And also we shot it in pre-pandemic New York, you know, so I think that's going to be nice to see. Um, previous to that, I did a, an episode of Western with um, Dolly Parton's anthology series, which is also on Netflix. And that was so much fun. Oh, my I God you know, horseback riding lessons, gun training. I mean, Dolly Parton, I couldn't, yeah. I was, but that was just like such a blessing. Um, and as for causes, you know, I'm just kind of formulating that myself, but I really am concerned about plastics in the ocean, um, you know, following what kind of efforts are being done there. And, and just, you know, you know, with this past year being so, so intense and so full, I'm just like looking for a way to just, for us to just treat each other better, you know, for us to do right by each other. It's, it's like, we can't take these things into the future. We know that. So how, sure. do, we, how do we deal with that now once and for all? And you just named three different Netflix projects. And of course you did have a role in Masters of None. So I, I think you might have the record for most Netflix series. <laughs> I've been bopping around, yeah. <laughs> in the best of ways. So two quick questions and then you're free for me. The first one is when you're not thinking about those causes and you're not working, where does your free time usually go? Any surprising hobbies? Are you a yodeler? Do you do, you do polka? Anything I weird? wish I was a yodeler. Uh, <laughs> honestly, it's quite a talent. I was just watching Jewel like yesterday on Instagram. Oh, yeah. and I was like, oh. Um, I do sing and there is, I, every morning I, I do vocal warm-ups. There's just something that settles me about it. I picked it up during um, pandemic, just something to do for myself that brings me joy. Um, I love to hike. Uh, recently moved to LA, so that's a big thing here, but I'm, yeah. I'm totally soaking it all up. And I paint and I draw. So wow. yeah, so any chance that I get to do that, I'm kind of searching for new ways to paint and draw here because in New York I had a plethora of things to draw you know people passing by I love people watching um here you don't get too much people watching so I'm I'm searching I'm glad that you're fulfilled in many regards it's wonderful and the closer Vanessa any last words for the kids uh the kids who watch the show or the kids in the show I'd say the kids who watch the show and we know uh, that there's a lot of them yeah, I, I just hope you guys are enjoying it. And please know it's television in real karate. You wear protective gear. <laughs> and and geese and, and you know, not and, and move beyond white belts. Exactly. Well, <laughs> whether or not we see you doing martial arts in the coming episodes, I don't know. But thank you so much for your time. Just keep up the great work you're doing. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks. Have a great rest of the day. You too. Bye. Outro cast. Hey, Moose, can you hear me okay? Yeah, my internet was acting up. I had to fix it. You fixed it, and here we are. Am I the last interview of the day, the last favor that you have to do the world? Um, I have no idea. Ross knows that.
<laughs> well, either way, uh, I recognize you as the TNA champion. Not oh. everybody respects the way that they should, but you must be the longest reigning champion on the roster by far. Um, am I? Oh, I, I guess I am. Yeah. Yeah, it must be like 350 yeah. days or something by this point. Um, when did COVID start? COVID started COVID. since March, I guess. Well, it feels like 350 days. Yeah, so not quite there, yeah. <laughs> You've had some great matches in that period, and you defended it, and you're still one of the standout points of the show. Now, what I'm curious about at this point, when you first came into wrestling, there was a lot of doubt, like, hey, this is just a, another football guy. But at this point, your wrestling career is practically as long as your NFL career. So yeah. do you feel like you've proved everyone wrong and you're here to stay? Uh, I don't even look at myself as a football guy, honestly. Um, and Ross, Ross could tell you this. I hate acting football, answering football questions because I feel I look at myself as a wrestler. Like, yeah. um, and it's one of those things I hate when people be like, oh, he came from football and now, like, I'm a wrestler. I'm a professional wrestler. Like, um, I could even say I'm probably more, even though I made more money playing football, I'm definitely more successful as a wrestler than I was as a football player, at least in my brain I am, so. I see. And when I had the pleasure of interviewing you about two years ago, you talked about how none of your football teammates are really supportive of, of what you're doing now, yet since you've become super famous, so many people from professional sports, it's practically the norm now to have an athletic career and then become a wrestler. Who was it in the first place that said you could cut it in wrestling? Um, I had a few friends that um, knew I could cut it in wrestling just, just because I was a big fan of it. Um, they didn't even know if I was athletic enough to do it, but they knew my passion and my love for it. And they um, was like, man, as much as you love this, I know you definitely will be good at it just because you, you're always talking about it. And, you know, like, this is all you talk about. So. I had a few friends that, in that side of it, knew I was going to be where I'm at. Makes sense to me. And do you have a biggest accomplishment or thing that you're most proud of since being an Impact? Because at this point, you're one of the longer-standing, consistent members of the roster. Oh, that's three for three of questions I've gotten today, and um, I'll give the same answer. I, I really don't like picking one thing or singling out one thing I would say is the most memorable thing in my career. I mean, I feel like everything I do – is memorable to at least to me and um i put everything i've done since impact in that category fair fair well you're still one of the most stylish people on the roster has anyone come to you about a fashion line a fashion line um no but that would be interesting hopefully i get i get one of that soon i'm actually working on a project right now and um to be determined when that project gets um comes out but i'm definitely working on a clothing project right now so funny that you ask would that be the kind of thing that caters to wrestling fans or everyone but the wrestling fans no everybody every it's definitely caters to everybody that's fair that that's actually something i asked you about two years ago and you laughed off that question you went ah, no i'm just fashionable and i'm my own leader but it's glad to see, it's great to see that it's pushing forward in general you're the kind of guy that always has 10 things in the works? Um, actually, no, I'm, I'm the guy that usually has never 
just at home, never doing anything when it's up working out um, when I'm not wrestling, but now I'm, I'm starting to, to work on building an empire little by little, taking little steps. And um, I think this project that I'm working on hopefully could be the start of that. Are we ever going to see you play piano publicly? Um, sure. I mean, I've done it a bunch. I mean, I've done it in the mall when I see a piano. Every time I see a piano, I always stop and, and play, play a little bit. But as one of your entrances, is that a possibility? Because you do portray a classy wrestler. Like whether or not the people are cheering you or booing you, the key is you come across as a successful upper class kind of guy and piano kind of would supplement that. Uh, we'll see. I mean, I know I know Matt Hardy did it once. Him and his wife and Rebby Rebby or Rebel, forgot her name, um, did it once <laughs> in their entrance. So um, it's, it's a possibility. I'm always thinking of cool ideas, but we'll see. Fair enough. So 2021, of course, is the antidote to 2020. And everyone was kind of held back from what they had planned on doing. But were you able to get most of your to-do list done for 2020? No, I mean, definitely. Uh, unfortunately, I mean, 2020 sucked for pretty much the whole world. But I mean, I, I tried to find positives and everything. And it, it was like that was it, as bad as 2020 was. There was a lot of positives in 2020. So I'm blessed and. I thank God for that, and um, hopefully I'm blessed just as much in 2021 than I was in 2020. So it sounds like I'm um, speaking with somebody that's relaxed, full of gratitude, and just happy about the things that are going to come rather than the things that haven't happened. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't stress on negativity. I kind of look towards positivity. So 2020 was what it is. It sucked, but I mean, thank God I got to, I get to wake up. I got to wake up today, and um, Hopefully, I'm blessed enough to wake up tomorrow, and um, we'll see. But I'm, I'm the way I have in my mind that 2021. Uh, hopefully, I'm a blessed as, as much as I was in 2020. Well, two quick questions, and then you're free. Hopefully, you don't have to do more interviews than this today. <laughs> the first one is: Is there a TV recommendation or a movie recommendation from the past few months that you could pass along to people? Oh, definitely. Um, I'm a movie guy, so me and my wife. Um, especially on weekends, because she works so much during the week. But on weekends, we try to find something on Amazon or Hulu and or Netflix. Netflix sucks, but usually Amazon and Hulu. Um, and two that we found that was awesome, one was on Hulu, and it's called Run. Run. On Hulu. I think it's only on Hulu. So you have to subscribe to Hulu to watch that. It's amazing. If you're one of those people who like drama and um, thrillers, this is a movie for you. And the second one, being a parent, this was really, really, really good. There's also a drama and a thriller. But being a parent, this was this touched me and touched my wife a lot because of how annoying your kids could be and how you just want to strangle them sometimes. It's called The Lie. So the Two lie. great films, right. yeah. And that's on Amazon Prime, I believe. Okay. And the last question, Moose, any last words for the kids? Um, stay in school and eat your vegetables. 
<laughs> that works. Well, really excited to see where you keep progressing in 2021. Thanks for your time. And hopefully in two years, I could then say, you said this in January 2021. Did you mean that about your fashion line? So best of luck with all that. All right. Thanks. Outrocast. Hey, Jeff, can you hear me? Yeah, here we go. How's it going? Fine yourself. Your call good. went good. What's that? Your call went good. I mean, you got a back-to-back -back evening just like here. Oh, yeah, yeah. How, you're in New York? I am in New York. Where are you originally from? I, I don't picture you as an L.A. native. <laughs> uh, Pennsylvania, actually. Yeah. Uh, they all Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. You and Rungren and Holland Oats and all of them. Yeah. Right on. How's it going? Well, uh, I'm glad that we finally connected on this. And your name just keeps popping up. Every time my wife and I start a new show, we go to the credits and, hey, Jeff composed that one too. All right. How exactly is it that all these things in a row, they're, they're comedies, yet they're dark comedies. How did you become dark comedy composer guy? Yeah, I, I don't know. It was never by design. Uh, you know, I... I I don't like comedy really. It was never, it was never the plan. Because uh, my first big break was CSI Miami, which was not a comedy at all, you know? Um, I think um, Silicon Valley definitely kind of changed that a little bit. I, I started getting more calls for comedies after that. Um, uh, and it's weird because that's not really, I mean, I suppose it's a comedy, but it's not, musically, it's not funny at all, you know? And it was scored pretty straight, but. Right. I, I don't know, honestly. It was never by design. You know, this business sometimes throws you these curveballs that you don't see coming, you know? Right. In your case, did you ever find out what was the cue or the piece that you did that opened up the doors that people went, I want to hire that guy? And the reason I ask that is there's an endless number of ska references in AP Bio. And then Silicon Valley tends to skew on hip hop and making fun of new metal. Uh, there was a lot of Papa Roach and Puddle of Mud jokes in there. And that's not your forte either, but you've obviously shown yourself to be very versatile. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, as far as the, uh, the the Papa Roach and all that stuff on Silicon, that, that was pure Mike Judge, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just laughed, you know? Because um, when, I, when I first saw the pilot on Silicon Valley, there wasn't much music at all. Like, it was pretty dry you know except for some needle drop songs and then um they're like oh we might need to get someone to to help us and then all of a sudden we started just trying music in a lot of different spots and you know so a lot of the more attentiony stuff and a lot of more emotional stuff we just started it became the thing that they never really expected and and a lot of it was probably me trying to just will my way to not have funny music on anything <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't like funny music. I, I don't like comedy music. And so I try, even if the show is a, a comedy, I try to make the music not funny. You know what I mean? Like, if you listen to it outside of it, that it's not funny music. Yeah, that's a conversation topic that comes up a lot for me, for people who write music for other artists and write music for film and TV. You know, not that he's big on scoring per se, but Stacey Jones from the band American Hi-Fi. Right. Yeah. Uh, I asked him a question or two that led into that. He goes, I hate comedy music. I don't like Tenacious D. I don't right. like Zappa. Uh, I'm not putting words in your mouth. I like a lot of that stuff personally. Yeah. I, I grew up on a lot of comedy oriented music per se, but 
did any of your scoring gigs ever come from the band that you used to be in? Like anybody was a fan and went, oh, let's get Jeff. He was in that band. Uh, sadly, no. I, I, well, no, I don't think so. You know, uh, a lot of, I, I've been like, a lot of my experiences in this whole business have been like a lot of almosts on a lot of things, you know, like, you know, I was in a lot of bands that almost got signed or this almost happened or that, you know, so no, honestly, I don't know. It's just been a lot of lucky, freaky chance occurrences, honestly. Like, I wish I knew what the path to anything was because I would try to. But I, I read, I forget, someone, another composer wrote this one time in some book and he just said, you know, you, you can't really, a career, you can't really steer the ship. You kind of just got to hold on and hope you don't sink. And, and, and just, you know, I wish I could go back 20 years and like, plot out how my first film would have been this you know dark Sundance drama that would have kind of changed everything you know led you down that path but like I don't recall a time everywhere there was a there was a choice and I made the wrong choice it's kind of just something comes and you decide to do it or you don't and it's not like you turn something else down in order to do this you know like mm -hmm. you know I mean when I got CSI Miami I was about to like split town because I was broke and I was living in this crappy hotel and I was like I think it was and so that was just a fluke event and you kind of just went with that and saw where it led you you know and then I started getting other stuff but like there's never really been a straight you know you look at like you know like uh Trent Reznor or someone where he's it's all the scores he's done it's it's he's got his thing, you know what I mean? And it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's obviously evolved from his band career, but like, mm -hmm. you know, you're going to get this synthy, very cool, hip, atmospheric, you know, very modern kind of thing you, for, for the most of the score, you know, you know what you're going to get like, and I've kind of had to been just doing whatever, you know, kind of being like a chameleon on a lot of things to, yes. you know, and, 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 you know, creatively, that's fun sometimes, but sometimes it makes it harder because, it, you know, Hollywood being Hollywood, they want to be, I want the guy who did this, this is like, he did this, so therefore he will do this for that. And, you know, when you get stuff on, on your, on your resume, if what, the last thing you did doesn't line up with this, then sometimes people have a hard time connecting the dots and you got to kind of try to change people's minds, which is, all, which is fun as well. And, and that's always, I'm never going to stop trying to, you know, move the needle and, and change and chase some things that people might not think of you for, you know, because that's kind of why we do this, right? You never want to do the same thing all the time. So. Right. I was kind of getting to that without saying who he is. I could type his name and you can go, oh, okay. But one of my brother's friends in college, he, he studied NYU. There was a mix of music majors and people who are composing. One of his college friends became one of Hans Zimmer's guys. You know, you're right. writing the Hans Zimmer music, but it says yeah. music by Hans Zimmer. Yeah. Did you have one of those experiences where you were ghostwriting for a big name and that's what kind of led to the gig? No, and that's kind of one of my mistakes, not mistakes, but again, like that's if I could go back to a younger me, I would have definitely pursued that because, you know, to do the big blockbuster films, that's definitely the way to do it, to work under a big guy, you know, and 
I just never really had that opportunity. You know, I mean, I remember when I first got to town, I, I drove over to remote to Media Ventures, Hans's place, dropped off a tape, but I never, I never got in the door. I never got a call back after that, you know? And then I got Miami, uh, you know, through a total fluke. And then, then I sort of had my own thing. So I had to kind of just follow that, you know? And I got my first big movie was a couple of years after that. I got this, my first studio movie was this movie called Just Friends with Ryan Reynolds. Oh, yeah. My yeah. wife loves that movie. <laughs> she sings the Something Is... Uh, forgiveness uh, or, or forgive yeah, yeah. She sing that forgiveness song did you play a hand in that one uh, yeah, yeah yeah i played a lot of stuff on that and we had oh. a big orchestra on the whole thing um i uh the original song was written by someone else um but i scored the whole movie and in doing that there were different arrangements of the song and they kept changing it and we re-recorded and stuff but that was one of my to this point, one of my most fun experiences ever, you know, I mean, that was the first time I had the big giant 85 piece orchestra and the whole, it was awesome. Outro cast.